Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Everyday Gospel, where we are going through the Gospel of Matthew. And the idea here is to take, you know, a quick look at the Gospels. Um, you know, I find myself a lot of times, you know, reading through the Bible, different parts. And, you know, sometimes the Gospels kind of get left out for a while. You know, we get on this, like, New Testament, like Paul. I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, so... You know, if we're not really looking at the Gospels, we're probably reading something from Paul or we'll read something in the Old Testament. And I realized, you know, that we haven't really, you know, I haven't really looked through the Gospels and just read through them and thought about them for a while. So this podcast is to take, you know, each section of all the Gospels and kind of just discuss it. And the messages are around 20 minutes. Sometimes they're longer, give or take. Um, but I'm trying to hit around 20 minutes. And um, I've been gone for a few weeks because I had finals for school. Things got really busy. We've been looking for work for crazy. We had some interviews and stuff. And so um, it's been a little hectic. But I'm going to have some time now to record uh, what we're behind in. And so we'll get weekly drops moving forward. Um, so sorry about that. But today we're going to be looking at, um, Matthew two verses 13 through 23. And the thing we're going to look at is the old Testament, significance of the messiah and how matthew keeps pointing us to the to the old testament for fluent scriptures we're going to look at another theme of matthew which is you know jesus being like a new uh moses and um also we're going to look at this idea of obedience so I hope you guys are looking forward to today's study, and here we go. We're going to start in verse 13 of chapter 2 of Matthew. This is, after they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, <clears throat> when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. And in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and she refused to be consoled because they were no more. After Herod died, an angel, oh, sorry, 
An angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who sought the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. And so um, the first thing we're going to look at is this idea of Jesus being the promised Messiah. Okay, again, Matthew, the apostles under guidance from the Holy Spirit, and he is writing about Jesus's life right and he keeps pointing us to the old testament this is so clear you know we saw in chapter one and basically every chapter here he's presenting more and more scriptures that are being fulfilled and that's really interesting i think there's over uh, i want to say there's hundreds concerning jesus's first and second coming but i think easily he fulfilled like well over a hundred old testament uh prophecies and even just someone being able to accomplish that <clears throat> is amazing and the odds are astronomical it's like one and ten quadzillion you know whatever like it is so like unbelievably like impossible you know it's like you know if the state of texas was covered in golf balls five feet deep you randomly pick the golf ball with like a black spot only one of them has it you know like you just randomly get in there and pick that one you know like it's crazy but yet jesus did fulfill all these prophecies and i know some people might you know, they have doubts or concerns about that because they'll say like, well, Jesus, it says that Jesus healed the blind. So didn't he do that? Like, didn't he take control of that and fulfilled it himself? Like he knew what scriptures to fulfill. So he went and did those. And I would say, yes, of course he did. But there's lots of scriptures where he wasn't in control, like where he would be born, right? We, you know, it said it was in Bethlehem, according to the scriptures. So like Jesus couldn't have predicted, you know, like done that in Mary's womb and made the move or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it's not possible. Or like how would, how is he control of the Romans not breaking his leg during the crucifixion? Because... Normal crucifixions, they speed them up because it takes a long time for the person to die, usually. So they'll break their legs so that their weight, you know, it collapses their lungs so that they, you know, like can't breathe and then they die a lot faster. Or that the guards would spit on him. Or that they would gamble over his robes. You see, there's lots of prophecies that we'll see later on. That Jesus had, you know, no direct control over. 
And so that points to a supernatural thing. And so Matthew is trying to appeal to the Jewish people here and showing them that, look, this is the promised Messiah. Like, look at these verses. Jesus fulfilled them. And so we get three of those in this second half of chapter 2. The first one in chapter 15. There is a verse. Now, if you were to look up these verses in your testament, you might be like, that's not exactly what it says. Like, sometimes the wording's a little off. And that is usually because, one, they're quoting from the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. So, you know, it might be a little different wording. And two, oftentimes they're quoting from memory. So like this one here, out of Egypt I called my son, is pretty uh, a general statement. It's not like some specific thing. We'll see other ones later on that are kind of like that too. But um, so out of Egypt I called my son. And so that's one of the verses. And Matthew's saying like, look, that is applies to Jesus. So, because they had to escape and fled to Egypt, you know, it was a fulfilled prophecy there. We also got um, Herod killing all the male children, right? Which is so crazy. Um, We see that, and we see, okay, yeah, this was fulfilled in Jeremiah. He's applying these... Verses starting verse 18, verse 18, that passage he's relating and saying that, you know, this is fulfilled ultimately when Herod kills all the babies. And then, um, and then the last one is in the last verse 23, where he says that he will be called the Nazarene. And so it's talking about the Messiah there. And so he is. He lives up in, uh, they moved to Nazareth. So three in just a short you know, amount of scriptures, that's a lot. And so these aren't like, you know, major prophecies or whatever to some people. You know, they might think like, well, these aren't really that big. But they are. They're fulfillment of the Old Testament. And we know that the Bible is a unified story that speaks of Jesus from beginning to end. It all points to Jesus. And we see that a lot of the Old Testament here is ultimately realized and fulfilled in Jesus. So that's the first thing that, uh, you know, we're talking about. Second thing is there's another theme in Matthew that we're getting here. And that is this picture of Jesus being the new Moses. And you might say, well, where do we get that? Well, for one, um, we get an Exodus type of situation where, you know, Jesus had to leave and find refuge in Egypt. And where do we see that? Well, it with Joseph and Jacob. And we see that, you know, Jacob and his sons, there was a famine in the land and they had to retreat to Egypt to get famine, to get food. Uh, I mean, there was a famine going on. So they went to Egypt to get food. And people see a correlation there, like Jesus, you know, fleeing for his life and 
literally Jacob and his sons fleeing for their life too because they're going to starve to death if they don't get food and go down to Egypt. They see a parallel there. Also, we see that the slaughter of the babies, right? What happened when Moses was born? Pharaoh was killing all the male children. He was having the handmaidens, uh, you know, killed. If it was a male, they were supposed to kill him. But, you know, Moses was spared by these godly midwives. And he was not destroyed, thank God. And we see here, Herod, when Jesus is researched for as a kid too, that, hey, his life is in danger too. Herod is killing all the male children under two. And so there's some parallels there, you know, that, you know, scholars and people will see there that, you know, he's kind of, you know, relating that, you know, subtly to Moses. It's, it's a similar event, right? And so um, those are the two things. But the main thing that we wanted to kind of discuss is this idea of obedience because three times we see God telling Joseph to do something and he immediately does it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what's interesting about that is that we don't know a lot about Joseph. Like in scripture, there's not a lot that we know. And that's like, that's super interesting because he's the dad of Jesus, right? I mean, not, not the biological dad, but he's the father figure for Jesus. And yet we don't know almost anything about him. There's barely mentions of him, right? Maybe a chapter that has some reference to him. You know what I mean? Um, but what we do have, we can see some of his character here, that he was an obedient man. We see in verse 13, an angel of the Lord just appears to Joseph and says, get up, dude, get the child out of here. Herod's about to look for him and kill him. What does it say? He got up during the night. So that that's we're assuming that... He woke up from the dream and got them going. Like, it was an immediate obedience. It wasn't like, well, God, you know, I don't know. You know, I'll wait till the morning. You know, because, you know, they wouldn't get there, like, that night. But, you know, Joseph is obedient. Like, he wakes up from the dream. He's like, hey, let's go. We got to get out of here. So they go to Egypt. And they're there for a couple years. They're there for a little chunk of time. You think, dude, that, that's interesting. I never, you know, really think about Jesus being in Egypt, you know, but he must have learned stuff there. Like the idea that he had to be a refugee somewhere else. Like that's, you know, so interesting to me. And then, um, but he obeys. He doesn't mess around. He gets up. He goes, right? And then... He stayed there till the death. In verse 15, we're spoken by the Lord. You know, okay, so, sorry. That's not what, it's, what he leaves, but they stayed till he died. So, verse 19. After Herod died, Who do you want to send it to? an angel of the Lord came. Uh, I don't see a routine in your contacts. 
Who do you want to send it to? Turn off. There's nothing to stop here. Wow. Okay. So that was my... Uh, I don't have editing software, so this is going to be weird. I'm going to leave that in. But for some reason, Siri thought I was trying to send a text message through the speaker I have. And obviously, I didn't say, hey, Siri, or anything like that. So I don't know what that was. <laughs> but um, verse 19, the angel of the Lord again appears to him and says, get up. Go back to Israel because he's dead now. So he gets up. And he takes them back, and they head back to Israel. Again, just that that obedience that God tells them to do something, he does it. <clears throat> and then um, he gets there, and he's afraid because Herod's son, Archelaus, is now ruling. So, you know, he's like, well, I don't know what he knows about Jesus and stuff. So I'm kind of, he's kind of hesitant because right now, God just said, go back to Israel. So he's probably trying to get back to his homeland. And he's like, maybe I should go there. And it's confirmed in a dream. And he was warned in another dream. So he went to Galilee. And then they settled in a town called Nazareth. And so, you know, again, we see God guiding. And we see Joseph being completely obedient to God. And obedience is important. In Romans 5.19, it's because Christ obeyed God that we even have salvation. Like, think about that. It says, through one's man's disobedience through Adam, all fell to sin. But because of one man's obedience, all, are, all can be made right. And that, Wow. Just being obedient. Jesus was totally submitted and obedient to his father. Right? Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's like, God, if there's any other way, like, let this cup pass. I don't want to go to the cross. You know, if there's any other way. And God is silent. It's just like, sorry, there is no other way. And, and Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. John... 1415 says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. If you love me, you're going to do what I say to do. Um, there's another verse that always sticks out to me. I have it memorized, but I don't actually know the reference, um, which I should look it up sometime. But there's a part where Jesus says, you know, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things I tell you to do? Like, why you call me your Lord and Master, but you don't even obey me? And that's the thing. Jesus is our Savior. Yeah, he loves us, but he's also our Lord. And if he's our Lord, that means he's our Master. And that he sets the rules, he sets the bar, and we... Submit to him and follow him and obey him. And so the question may be, you know, how is your obedience to the Lord today? 
is it somewhere good? Are you like Joseph where, you know, every time God directs you, you go? Maybe there's an area in your life where things aren't. Maybe you're not fully obedient to the Lord that you need to give to him today. And I would encourage you to do so. Obedience is key. So if God's telling you to do something and you know, you know, you know that conviction that God gives you, like, listen to him. Do it no matter what the cost. He's your Lord and your Savior. And so <clears throat> that's what I have for you guys for today. So, uh, I'm going to post this study today, and then on Sunday I'll post uh, the new study from two weeks ago, and then I'll post the other study a week from there. So basically, we should get back back on track of new episodes on Sundays, but I'm going to post this one today, and then the next two Sundays, and those after will be <coughs> current. So, hope you guys enjoyed the message and i will talk to you guys soon okay all right bye